It's a lot, you shit violations of the verbal morality statute. So much for the seashells. I'm Brian Foster, and this is the Grindhouse Institute. On each episode of this podcast, Jeremy Floyd and I program a triple feature movie night. Each of the movies share common themes, and we discuss them here. We're happy you could join us for today's block we call Always Bet on Black. An actor, producer, author, and expert martial artist, Wesley Trent Snipes was born on July 31st, 1962. Snipes lived with his parents in the Bronx, New York, where he studied acting, music, and dance at the High School of the Performing Arts. After receiving a BA from the State University of New York at Purchase, Snipes made his cinematic debut in 1986's Wildcats. But it wasn't until 1990 that Snipes gained true recognition. Roles in films such as Mo' Better Blues, New Jack City, and Jungle Fever garnered Snipes' critical acclaim. Soon after, Wesley Snipes would become a household name as a fast-quipping, ass-kicking action hero. Ex-cop turned airline security consultant John Cutter is booked on the same flight as the criminal mastermind Charles Rain. When Rain and his insanely loyal gang hijack the plane, there's only one passenger who can stop them. Wesley Snipes battles Bruce Payne in 1992's Passenger 57. 36 years ago, uber criminal Simon Phoenix and super cop John Spartan were both sentenced to prison terms in cryostasis. But when Phoenix escapes, the local police thaw out Spartan. They need a caveman to catch a madman. It's Stallone versus Snipes in 1993's Demolition Man. U.S. Marshal Sam Gerard is at it again, this time chasing down a brand new fugitive, a secret agent, Mark Sheridan. Tommy Lee Jones and Robert Downey Jr. pursue Wesley Snipes in the 1998 film U.S. Marshals. Thank you for listening to the Grindhouse Institute. Please enjoy. You're under arrest. <laughs> arrest? Shit. And you're trespassing. Where are the passengers? Ah, uh, yes, the passengers. But there are. Fuck you! Last time, Phoenix. Where are the hostages? To hell with the hostages. This is between you and me. What about each 42nd First Avenue in New York City? Oh, what about it? Ever been there? Never. Then you wouldn't know anything about the double homicide took place there last December. Obviously not. That's interesting, because the prints we took off you flag this. The prints from the crime scene match yours. Uh -uh, This is bullshit. You ever play roulette? On occasion. Well, let me give you a word of advice. Always bet on black. All right, welcome back to the Grindhouse Institute. I'm Brian Foster, and with me, as always, is Jeremy Floyd. Hello, and how are you? I'm doing well. I don't know how to spell it. I think it's (laughs) D-E-L Vecchio, something like that. Sly Del Vecchio. (laughs) D-E-L Vecchio. We have another special episode today, a three-film block um, that is presented by a mutual friend of ours and um, programmer, guest programmer, Carter Brown. How you doing? All right. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Hell yeah. Welcome. Um, Jeremy, did you want to do an intro or anything to boost up our guest up to the pedestal of of guest worthiness? Guest worthiness. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Carter, uh, as a a movie aficionado and uh, actor himself, um, has uh, 
at least I've, I've known for years that uh, Wesley Snipes holds a special place in his heart, and I wasn't surprised to see the movies that he put together all feature Wesley Snipes in his prime. <laughs> Carter, would you mind uh, introing the movies that you chose today? Because it's, it's a really great block. Yeah, so the movies that I selected were Passenger 57, Demolition Man, and U.S. Marshals. And these ones, these three in particular, was like, I guess, was probably the first time I was introduced to the great Wesley Snipes. You know, I was, I had, I'm thankful to have major league now, not yet. At least I was, was, like, was going to say Willie Mays Hayes was my first uh, Wesley Snipes. <laughs> that was later on down the line. It was like that. And like, uh-huh. and like white men can't jump. Cause like, I was like, uh-huh. obviously it was like young at the time, but I had, a, I have an older uh-huh. brother and my, my, my mom and my parents, they were like Wesley Snipes fans through thick and thin. It's like, they never called the movies like passenger 57. There was like, you going to see that Wesley Snipes movie? I'm like, yeah. So like they would sneak me in and that's how I found out about like Wesley Snipes and everything. And after that, as I got older, I started to backtrack and be like, yo, let me put some respect on my man, Wesley Snipes' name, okay? Around this time, I think if you were going to the movies, you were going to see a Wesley Snipes film. There were quite <laughs> yeah, a few Yeah, he was doing them. like two a year, two and a half a He's year. He's doing okay around this time. Yeah. Nice, nice. Throughout the 90s, yeah. yeah. So Passenger 57 came out in 1992. I can't believe it was so long ago that this movie came out. Um, and uh, features some of the best slap and debase uh, music yeah. score and credit <laughs> sequence music I've ever heard, man. It was, it was almost like a Hong Kong action movie, you know, with that smooth jazz. Uh, oh. This was fun. I, I hadn't seen this since it originally came out, so I was probably 10 or 11 years old. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, yeah, I looked at it from quite a quite a different viewpoint today, but yeah. this was this was a hell of a fun <laughs> early 90s action movie. Definitely. Yeah, and it, it was like, uh, it was Die Hard on a Plane. Yeah. You know, I, I, I had seen it too, like, you know, HBO, I think it played like, you know, twice a day for like you know, ever 30 years on HBO. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, you know, so I'd catch it, you know, in the middle and, you know, catch it here and there. Um, but yeah, I hadn't seen it in a long time. And I was like, oh, OK, Die Hard on a Plane. OK, well, that, that was obviously the pitch. Totally. Uh, when they when they did it. But, uh, yeah, the villain was trying to be as cool as uh, as the, the villain in, yes! in Die Hard, but just didn't didn't quite reach that <laughs> level. All the bad guys were like European, so it was like <laughs> you should have known. <laughs> and then on top of that, they like all of them like knew how to fight for some reason. Yeah. Whenever they fought Wesley Snipes, I was like, hold on, they're not supposed to be going toe to toe with him. Like this guy, eighth degree black belt, <laughs> yeah. and like <laughs> they're all keeping up. Now you bring up eighth degree black belt. That's for real, right? Like in real life, Wesley Snipes is like a pure martial artist, right? Yeah, and I mean you can you can tell in these movies like. That he was, he seems so rigid in those fights. Like he's really right. could beat somebody's ass if he wanted to. I think he also did most of those stunts himself. Sometimes I think as well. Well, not demo. Oh, yeah, I, I agree because you can see him and and Sil- Sylvester Stallone's uh, stunt double in every single fight that they're together in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you'll right. like clearly as day see uh, Wesley Snipes in there, but it is not Sylvester Stallone in half those wide shots. <laughs> Maybe he wasn't tall enough. Yeah, <laughs> sly that is. Gotta give him, gotta give him the Tom Cruise shot. Gotta shoot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so apparently he's like he's been training since he was twelve, and he's a fifth degree black belt in uh shokotan karate and in second degree in hapkido he also studied brazilian jiu-jitsu capoeira and kung fu jesus so, wow. yeah. a real mixed martial artist yeah but before that was before it was cool yeah exactly <laughs> right? he's got ground game too my man wesley snipes y'all 
Yeah, this movie opens up um, quite with a shocker. Um, basically, it's kind of like the the whole movie of Face Off at the beginning when this Charles yeah. Rain is getting his face changed yet again. And the, uh, he is he is stopped in mid down, yeah. um, mid plastic surgery in order to, to catch this version of Charles Rain. Doctor, what Rain. time is it? <laughs> Just deadpan face. No, no. There will be no pain. No, thank you. I have to give you something for the pain. There will be no pain. Proceed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I didn't remember that part. I was like, there will be no pain. Yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. Plastic surgery in like up, uptown, like Burbank, man. Like clearly, that's where. We're at. <laughs> like fourth floor Burbank. Had to get his parking validated before you got in there. <laughs> yeah, parking is not free there. That's for sure. He immediately um, pulls a Ted Bundy out the window uh, to get out of that place. And this guy can get away from any any sort of situation he seems to be in. Like, yeah. he can just <laughs> jump from a 30th floor window and just make it Except out. Except for fine. the Arrowhead truck. Apparently, he can't get away from that one. <laughs> that water man just, you know, slipped him up, man. That's what happened. But, like, he landed on that, like, cafe, like, half of the cafe tent. That the broke his fall, yeah. Yeah, just rolled yeah, out. Like, like 14 floors up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Far out. <laughs> yeah, so so maybe that's the thing. Maybe in the end of the movie, he, does, he doesn't die because he can't die from falling from great heights. There you go. And clearly, getting kicked in the nuts also doesn't hurt him because, no. uh, because uh, there will be no pain when... Wesley Snipes uh, hits him 57 times in the nuts. Passenger 57, is that why they called it that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they have like, the struggle between each other, like he's just still deadpan face. Like not, not, he's, he's not breaking a sweat, not even like, doing like, oh, a grunt or a yeah. struggle. That's no. some Golgo 13 shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he had about as much personality as Golgo 13. Like, like even T-1000 was flinching at one point. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, who is this man? Well, this one's about John Cutter, who who's a, um, he's a security officer that's, I guess, a private security. Not John McClain, John Cutter. John Cutter, totally different than John yeah, McClain, not totally even close. Different. It's, um, it's not the same at all. He, he's a security officer that um, works privately on airlines, he's a, specifically. He's an off-duty cop it's nothing to do with die hard okay? no this has this is I, I just want to make sure that we we are like totally clear that this has nothing to do with the same story at all nothing. um I, I i thought this was hilarious with a lot of cool 90s references uh specifically the old lady on the plane that thought he was arsenio oh my god just like woo, woo. i totally <laughs> forgot all about that that was hilarious. And also, the- she was she was the same lady from Airplane. who's like, so stewardess, I speak jive. <laughs> oh my, that's right. Is that the same woman? No, no, but I mean, just oh, in the same role. Same character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shit. Just hang loose, blood. She's going to catch up on the rebound on the med side. Um, I guess if you're a villain in this movie, you have literally the best hair um, ever from the 90s that has kind of <laughs> moved its way from the 80s, uh, specifically the mullet. And everyone was really rocking the mullet in but this one. Like looking good, though. It, it, it was a little it was a little like like Silence of the Lambs. It was like it was it was as if Ted Levine was trying to play Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> you mean with the villain with Charles Rain? <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Charles Rain is not insane. Say it again. Oh, Charles. Rain, who's not insane? 
is an action movie like is it is an action pain team pro v commercial is what's going on there. yeah beautiful beautiful flowing <laughs> volume Actually, that's hair. True. everyone had uh pretty uh, yeah on point hair i mean the, the elizabeth hurley yes uh hair the the other uh uh flight attendant i don't remember her name but um, one of the thugs no. <laughs> that uh, Charles Rain ended up taking out, and he's like, he's yeah. like, I, I hate people that can't do the work or something like that. Oh, but he had gosh. the he had the worst perm I've ever seen, um, <laughs> or the best, depending on how you look at it, I guess. Depending on what you think of perms, right? <laughs> I loathe incompetence. The guy with the ponytail, who also, you know, doesn't look anything like one of the diehard villains of the ponytail. <laughs> This is a different movie, guys. Different. <laughs> My favorite of the movie. villains, though, was that guy Vince, uh, the one that had like the, the straight down eyebrows that kind of went like this. That would he, he was like working on the luggage uh, for the plane okay, down in yeah. the galley, right yeah, when he starts the, that the knife fight. Seventy show. He <laughs> looked like Red, yeah. <laughs> the guy from uh, RoboCop. RoboCop. <laughs> he um that that was the best though when he got into that knife fight in the galley. They started the conga drums like um, a score, which was totally different than any other score in the movie, but it was a nice like knife fight one. Oh man, so great! And then of course Wesley Snipes has some of the best lines ever. Ever when he's I like, was "Just about to say it, yeah. I knew motherfuckers who saw Elvis in a mall." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was the, awesome. The, the the line that I think uh, takes the cake for me was like when he was talking to that you know Louisiana sheriff. He was like, "Well." What would you do if you were me? Kill, Kill myself. Oh my god, I lost it. <laughs> I hope a lot of those were just like improv. Like Wesley, just, oh, what would you shit. say? It's like. <laughs> but I thought this one was great with Tom Sizemore. I thought he was—he's—he's he's always good in movies like this. Um, you yeah. know, I—he he was just very funny um, as kind—kind of, kind of a sidekick, but didn't really take part in any of the action. Uh, so he was Wesley Snipes was more yeah, he, of a loner in this one. He was doing the role that would later be played by Gary Sinise in all these movies in the later nineties. You know, it's like wow. the, yeah. like yeah, sort of sidekicky, uh, like you know, guy at home base or whatever. Right. <laughs> I need to get my man out of there. Like, kind of like <laughs> <laughs> he's he's on the call sheet for a week, and yeah, it's it like those one liners. Just like you stay here. And he's like. Not a problem. I do. He's <laughs> like flexing stuff. It's like very on the nose references and stuff. Oh, exactly. But I, I think um, Charles Rain, um, although, you know, with the hair and everything, he, he was actually a pretty successful villain. Um, he was a creepy as hell person, um, in particular. Uh, telling this woman that, uh, you know, she's like, he's like basically telling her that he wanted to have sex with her. She's like, well, you'd have to kill me first. And he's like, I'd kill you during. Yeah. What the <laughs> Not getting away with that. Yes, <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not getting away with that today. No. Like TBS would like blink, would blink that out. He's like, he's like, oh, well, I'll just, you know, like they make like some kind of like uh, cover up over it. So like instead of saying like bullshit, it's like, oh, this is some bull chips or something. Bull <laughs> chips. <laughs> Mother jumper. God. Yeah, that's true. I, I think I've only seen this one on uh, HBO, but I, yeah, <laughs> unregular. 
cable. TV is this round clock, like just as much as like Fresh Prince of Bel Air almost. Oh, really? <laughs> that sounds like a really good block actually to watch the TV edits of of movies that we love that right, right. definitely shouldn't be on television. Find a stranger in the Alps, like the uh, the Big Lebowski when he's like smashing up the car. And he's like, instead of when you fuck, a, this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. He's like, this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. Like that was when, like. <laughs> The made-for-TV dubs. See what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps! I, I love how in this, uh, Tom Sizemore's name was Sly, uh, and, which, like, you know, of course, uh, would uh, be paralleled in the next movie with, like, uh, his, uh, not sidekick, but uh, rather nemesis being played by Sly. An actual nemesis, right? The, the old cop brought out of cryo-fridge to fight the old <laughs> criminal, right? Like, uh... <laughs> I, I, I called this movie Gremlins meets Minority Report. Um, and Demolition I'll, Man? I'll, what's that? Demolition, Demolition Man, Man. yeah. Let, let, let me explain the Gremlins side of it, because I'm, sure, yeah. I'm sure the Minority Report makes sense, right? Everyone's in this right, cryo okay. prison. They're frozen. They're still having dreams. And, you know, it's kind of torturous. Yeah. Um, and then in this, you know, very uh, uh, fascist-type corporate world. Um, now... Uh, the gremlin side of it is Simon Phoenix is our first gremlin that we let out. And then because of what he, his plan is, is he wants to let out a bunch of other gremlins. And these other gremlins are much stronger than him and, and, and don't have the type of limitations that he has. So he can have them kill Raymond Cocteau and take over the world, basically. That's my gremlins reference. Take it or leave it. I'm taking it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. That's, that's very spinal. I like yeah. that. When I was watching, I, I was, uh, I you know, Demolition Man two. It's like, man, I, I hadn't seen that in such a long time. I remembered very little. I mean, basically, like the the virtual reality sex scene, which is, uh, you know, he was like, I, I like the old fashioned way or whatever. Like, uh, Did I touch it? The hunk of chunka, <laughs> the horizontal mumble. <laughs> but it's funny, like structure wise, it feels like, uh, you know future movie uh the dark knight it's 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 exactly that where it's like you know a very unappealing main character uh or or the hero which is the 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 name of the of the movie uh and then the person that you you love and you're following and you're excited about when he's on screen is the joker like the uh simon phoenix character the the phoenix character he he was awesome in this the agent of chaos in this world that sucks yes from every angle uh, whether you are, you know, uh, rich and buying into the, uh, you know, PC police or whatever it was, or are like <laughs> scrounging for food as, you know, the libertarian, uh, you know, Edgar Friendly dwellers. Yeah. yeah like, uh, you know, either way you slice it, it's terrible. And like, this guy was there to just like screw it up and like, and, and like, you know, change it. The agent of change, this guy. Isn't there a thought repeating in that barbaric brain of yours? The name Friendly, Mr. Edgar Friendly. I, I have to say that these three movies, um, if anything, if, if the only connection that we find with these movies is that it's Wesley Snipes has been in all of them, I think another like step is to see that what his range really was as an actor. Um, Passenger 57, he was kind of like a... a out-of-the-box um, action hero, right? Mm-hmm. In Demolition a, Man... A John McClane type, if John you John McClane, yeah. If you want to compare, <laughs> you know, maybe John McClane from Die Hard. Um, yeah. 
in De- in Demolition Man, the Simon Phoenix character I thought was an incredible villain. I thought he was he definitely stole the movie by far. I mean, he was far ab- above everyone else that was in that movie in terms of acting. Um, and then in U.S. Marshals, he had a totally you didn't call him a hero. That's weird. I I I think he was. I think he. <laughs> He at least, you know, might, might not have had the, the ending right. was a tragedy. When they kicked his head off, I was like, come on. That was awesome. No, no that's sequel. A, that, was, that, was like, that was like some Achilles heel type stuff. He was, like, he was like unstoppable and out of nowhere, like he just got frozen. He was like, he saw it coming too. Like, come on, man. Like, oh, he was doing like the whole comic book villain monologue and stuff. Just, yeah, his monologuing again. Yeah. Bio-prisoner reanimation sequence now entering final stage. Is it cold in here? Or is it just me? Good memory. This movie um, takes place in 1996 Los Angeles, when L.A. is completely on fire, as well as the Hollywood sign. <laughs> Except for there's like two uh, Hollywood premieres going on in the background. I don't know if you noticed all the No, I didn't. <laughs> or, or maybe it was a car dealership having a sale. Who knows? <laughs> but like, yeah, the, the entire city's on fire, and they're still doing red carpet premieres. Yeah. That's L.A. <laughs> Helicopter flying in. It's like, why are we even here? That's true. <laughs> that actually, that has happened. What am I talking about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Remember when they used to let commercial airlines land in this town? Yeah. Well, I don't understand where we're going or why the hell we're bothered anyhow. You're doing a good deed. Uh, we, we, we meet who the demolition man is, and then we also meet Simon Phoenix. Simon Phoenix is clearly a psychopath that the demolition man has, you know, targeted as his nemesis. Um, and real, real quick, but before we even got to that part where they meet each other in the warehouse, they're flying in on a helicopter, and the helicopter pilot uh, was the same guy who was one of the the FBI agents in Die Hard. It was like, yeah, I'm I'm Agent Johnson, and this is Special Agent Johnson, no relation. And he's like, uh, he's like, it's just like being a nom. I was twelve, <laughs> dickhead. <laughs> Same guy, right? The guy that was actually flying the helicopter, right? The the pilot, yeah. Exactly. Um, After we we get this opening uh, fight with Simon and... and, um, What was the demolition man's name? Why am I blanking on this? John John Spartan Spartan? was his name. Let me write that down so I don't forget. John Spartan. It's like so like... I feel like it's so cliche. John Spartan versus Simon Phoenix. No way. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not gonna lie. Like when the opening came up with the title names, I was just like, I had even gotten my like trailer was just like Stallone. But then like Wesley Snipes came, and I was like, Wesley motherfucking Snipes. (laughs) I was so (laughs) glad because I was just so happy about. I'm telling you, like he was like the the thing that people liked out of the movie. I mean, I you know, you know, it's funny. Like Sly didn't have the great lines or whatever. Wesley Snipes had all those lines. And it's like, just like in Dark Knight from 2008, uh, you know, Batman is not the character the audience is excited to see. Like, the Joker is. I mean, that's... that's Like, for me, like, that is definitely, like, (laughs) like the really strongest parallel there. But it's like, you know, you definitely wanted to see what Snipes was going to be up to and, you know, how he was going to hack into this and break that and, like, you know, all the... Uh, ways that people were going to try to take him down, and he was able to just, uh, you know, dance around them, no problem. Dance, <laughs> like, literally. Yeah. Olay! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like Absolutely. when they showed him, like, using the computer, and he was just kind of, like, moving his fingers really fast across these buttons. Like, he, he was, was hacking into the mainframe, man. Yeah. What's going on? Like, Ooh, I'm possessed. I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> right. Right. 
Uh, the credit sequence I want to talk about real fast in Demolition Man is is it, it is all naked Stallone uh, frozen in a block of ice uh, with credits <laughs> rolling over it, and it is slow. It is dramatic. It is it is very romantic, um, and this is probably the first time that we get so close to seeing a frozen Stallone penis in a movie. I would say that this is probably the first time. Um, so I guess that this movie really, you know, pushed forth what, boundaries. Was there another frozen Stallone penis in a movie? No, but there is an Austin okay. Powers frozen Stallone, and that's kind of... <laughs> oh, man, we forgot to talk about uh, Elizabeth Hurley in Passenger 57, by the way. It's like... Oh, there's another Austin Powers like, reference. I was like, holy shit. Like, I, 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 what was she, 20 in this? was like very similar, but like, man, she looked like kind of like... Uh, Elizabeth Hurley crossed with Alicia Silverstone or something that's like the, the best of the 90s. Always trust your first impression. <laughs> I have a feeling this is going to be a very interesting flight. I certainly hope so. Um, I, I, I like the, um, at about 11.43, we finally finish the uh, naked frozen penis uh, credit sequence and we, we are, end up in <laughs> Utopia, Los Angeles, or as they call it, San Angeles. Which is right. the basically all of Southern California melding it into one giant district, I guess. Yeah, the, the city wasn't big enough before, so it makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> How sprawling must San Angeles be? Yeah. Um, and then we meet Lenina Huxley. Now, this is Sandra Bullock's, I guess, first movie? Or first big one. Oh, okay. This is a great reaction here. Go, go on. Uh, let me tell you about Sandra Bullock. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> she, this one definitely like solidified my crush, uh, crush on her before... I think like speed. This is either before Demolition Man is either before speed or after. I'm not sure. It's uh, I always get those mixed up. But this was definitely one of those like, I think those roles that like solidified her to like get more of those action movies for, in my opinion. But uh, my only issue, like I mentioned to Jeremy before, with Sandra Bullock in there, was that like her eyebrows, man. Like it was just <laughs> I, mean, I felt like they were like drawn on it. Like why did they? Why did they do that? Like they knew better. Like. <laughs> It's like, I don't know, trace number Picasso or something, but like, <laughs> that was my only riff with Sandra Bullock. Everything else was just like, chef's kiss. She was great. Let's go blow these guys. It's like, away. Yeah. Away away. Chief, you could take this job and you can shovel it. <laughs> Shove it. There were so many good ones like that. Not bad for a 74 year old. Simon Phoenix knows he has some competition. He's finally matched his meat. You really licked his ass. Yeah, I think she she was kind of the 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 audience's connection back to the '90s at the time. Her her whole office was covered in Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, posters and uh, different things from the from the '80s and '90s. Um, and the, the thing that cracks me up about this movie is like that whole fascist, peaceful utopia that they're living in. The only music they listen to are those old commercials, yeah, like Armor oh, Hot Dogs. <laughs> I, know. I love Benjamin Brack gets nervous and starts singing like different commercials as he's like walking around. Like the Oscar Mayer Wiener song or whatever it was, yeah. And, like, the only restaurant to survive the franchise wars was Taco Bell. I would like you to accompany me to Taco Bell. Look forward to it. Thank you. It's it's funny because it's like uh although we're laughing at that, but like, it feels like that's where things are headed anyway. Where <laughs> it's just like you know hyper consolidation into uh, you know one you know 
giant you know mono corporation <laughs> it's yeah. like you're just gonna be able to get one burger that has tacos pizza every <laughs> fried chicken everything <laughs> like, all in one they already have that yeah, yeah exactly young yeah. foods like it's a thing. kfc taco bell pizza <laughs> drive through <Yeah. laughs> hey there's a uh, down close to like i guess like lament park or something or like or like on the way to like long beach there's a uh uh-huh. kfc long john silver's like you know, don't sleep on it <laughs> <laughs> I used to love Long John Silver's, man. Hush Puppies. That's the way to go. They're good. Still good. But I thought it was crazy how that scene in Dumb Much Man was like, they were they're at, they went to, they said they were going to get him Taco Bell, but then the signs at Pizza Hut, and then you showed up, and it's just like, these like little, like, you never see those like gummy bear like sandwiches. Like, <laughs> that's what it basically was. And I was like, I was like, you know, you eat. I was like, you know, good and well, John Spartan's not gonna get full on that. Like, he's, he's, gonna, he's gonna eat that. He even said saying. something about these. A good thing I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's where we uh, actually meet Edgar Friendly, Dennis Leary's character. That's because that's when he makes the play oh, right. on Raymond Cocteau is the, uh, you know, coming up from the underground to go get the food from Taco Bell and right. who's just a bunch of starving people just trying to live their life. Um, and we find out that he is the actual target that Simon Phoenix is. Um, thought out for, if you will. Now, don't you have a job to do? Huh? Isn't there a thought repeating in that barbaric brain of yours? The name Friendly, Mr. Edgar Friendly, don't you have someone to kill? I, I loved the uh, Otho character. Yeah, I was going to bring I, that up. I, I don't know what, Bobby. what his name was, or I don't remember what his name was. But Bob. Like, uh, yeah. Otho in a kimono was, uh, was this guy. <laughs> I think somebody tells him to take off the kimono. I think it's Dennis Leary. He's like, take off the kimono. You look like a couch. What about that hair? Yeah. Bob, let's talk about the hair, okay? Hair? Pick a color, all right? Also, uh, I, I don't remember the actor's name. Uh, oh, Bill Cobbs. Uh, he was the... Uh, he was like the the only guy left from the twentieth or whatever still yeah. the the police force, uh, who was the, the the clock maker or whatever he was in Hudsucker or like the grandpa from People Under the Stairs. Yeah, they they, bas- they basically pigeonholed that man. He's he's still stuck in middle management, the police station. <laughs> like... He's like they grounded me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so by this time, there's literally no crime, right? That's what they're saying. That's why these tiny crimes that would happen throughout the city are like these big deals. I. Th- they were talking about some graffiti from Edgar Friendly, and that was like the biggest deal ever. And then there was a murder-death kill. They didn't even know what a 187 was. No. <laughs> a murder-death kill. A murder-death kill. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I came on, I, like, I automatically thought about like that Snoop Dogg song, and it said 187. Like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like this, this whole like utopia was just like, it's like no litter, no graffiti, not even swear words, not even physical contact or like contact sports in general no salt no fun no booze <laughs> yeah no meat rat burgers down down if you got if you go underground you can get a rat burger you can get a yeah per, a peruvian traditional rat burger down there <laughs> um, when when john spartan was like when spartan john, when stone's character bit into that sandwich he's like it's a rat burger he's like not bad and i was like yeah i thought the same too was like don't, don't let me know what it's don't let me know what it's made from as long as it yeah, tastes yeah. like a hamburger we can do this <laughs> yeah now let's blow this guy <laughs> what seems to be your boggle my boggle i loved that uh they had to pass the 61st amendment to allow uh for president schwarzenegger i know like, who I, also I, had I the schwarzenegger like, library <laughs> and like it really pissed off stallone when he found that out that guy was a president 
this is a world in which you know, Schwarzenegger is the star, but Stallone's not. Yeah. I think that was a low key subtext, like joke yeah. as well. Oh, I'm sure. That's why oh, I yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. It's just funny that like that, that's the case. When we go underground um, and and meet more of uh, the Edgar Friendly character, and I mean this. Well, when kind... we get to the Foot, ca- foot Clan layer, when we get to the Foot Clan, someone <laughs> asked for if you want regular or menthol yeah. when you first get in. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's when we get the uh, Dennis Leary stand-up out of nowhere. No one asked for the Dennis Leary stand-up, but it's like I want to eat a bucket of gravy fries oh and God, I want to get in high cholesterol and blah blah blah. And oh, it was. What a... Rub my jello and have a boner in the middle of the street. And you're like, okay, Dennis, Larry, calm down, buddy. Take it easy, Dennis. (laughs) According to Cocteau's plan, I'm the enemy because I like to think, I like to read, I'm into freedom of speech and freedom of choice. I'm the kind of guy who likes to sit in a greasy spoon and wonder, gee, should I have the T-bone steak or the jumbo rack of barbecue ribs with the side order of gravy fries? I want high cholesterol. I want to eat bacon and butter and buckets of cheese, okay? I want to smoke a Cuban cigar the size of Cincinnati in a non-smoking section. I want to run through the streets naked with green jello all over my body reading Playboy magazine. Why? Because I suddenly might feel the need to, okay, pal? I've seen the future. You know what it is? It's a 47-year-old virgin sitting around in his beige pajamas drinking a banana broccoli shake singing, I'm an Oscar Mayer wiener. Like, don't grab me with a good time now. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Sounds like a blast. <laughs> um, we can't forget also like like the, the initial star demolition man. Like when like uh, Stallone jumps out, just boom. <laughs> like he held it. Like you know when like the bunny jump like comes down, he was oh, like my. you would have thought he'd like beat it. Like, he had a little jerk on it or something. But not. He landed smooth with his little PP five like <laughs> like little guns like. Well, one thing though is like that. Okay, so he's uh, he's he's yoked up and and all that, and he, he when he was in his his frozen cryo bath, get to see uh, his uh, sculpted glory. But uh, the man does not know how to do cardio. His uh, his running stance was a little stiff. <laughs> I mean, he was in, he was frozen. Like he's not stretching. Like yeah, exactly. Got atrophy. I'm talking like... about the 1996 portion. <laughs> Oh, before he was frozen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh okay, yeah. And he's like running right. away from the explosions. Is it cold in here? That's because he usually just have to run after people. He just, he's just shooting. It's like, I'm too lazy to run. Like, <laughs> but if you got close quarters with him, he, he would wrestle you. He'd body slam you on, his, on, a, on a hood of a car or something. Uh, since we were we just talked about Minority Report, I wanted to talk about some of the, the futurism that they pretty much nailed in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, the uh, well, the cars, first of all. Um, I really love the car full of styrofoam filling up. I turned into a cannoli. I thought that was great. (laughs) Uh, But the the one that was great was the vertical TV that they had in his room, which was basically a big iPhone or an iPad in his room. The thing that... uh... I'm sure is right around the corner is the, the yeah that that total recall vertical monitor uh and which they've also they also did here in Demolition Man. I mean you really felt a lot of the total recall actually more so. I mean I I know what you mean by minority report but also mm-hmm. like I mean in this one it feels like there's a lot of like oh total recall was a lot of fun uh in terms of like having fun with like the future. Let's do that again. Lights. I love when when Stallone finds out what his rehabilitation was. He learned he learned how to knit. He learned how to to be a. He's like, am I a seamstress? He's like, oh, this shirt's ripped. Don't worry, I'll sew it. Did I just say that? Jesus, right? <laughs> this society is like extremely fash, but they they somehow still really believe in 
rehabilitation <laughs> to the point where they have to give him a trade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this man makes cold cold press uh, coffee in, the, in his spare time. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say oh, this guy makes beer. Well, that's worthless. <laughs> and illegal you're not allowed to do that yeah oh that's right yeah, <laughs> yeah but I guess no at the end of the movie there, there's like kind of a resolution and Stallone's like oh you guys you well, guys, no, you a, guys... A power vacuum why don't you guys figure it out was the was the solution so, yeah meet, meet, like, meet somewhere in the middle and it's like yeah. oh you mean so we go back to where we was in 97 <laughs> <laughs> cut to 10 years cut to 5 years later and it's the burning LA city again <laughs> Phoenix <laughs> See, everything's solved. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, one other quick thing I wanted to say was the um, they were clearly uh, getting ready to sort of take on this, uh, that 90s wave of those, um, the action movie that would be sort of like coming in with that heroic bloodshed look where it's like, you know, everyone was like, you know, uh, carrying two guns, kind of diving sideways, you know, blasting while they're, while they're in the air in mm-hmm. slow motion. Uh, guns akimbo is what it is akimbo <laughs> yep. yeah okay there you go yeah. <laughs> it was this is like right after sort of the killer and hard-boiled but the same year as like hard target when when uh ringo <laughs> lamb and john woo started coming over uh to make movies here with van damme hard yeah. target man. he made like john woo knew like van damme had a mean roundhouse they, that replay was you knew like that guy was dead whoever he came that guy was dead <laughs> I didn't think we'd make it through another show without bringing up Hard Target, but I guess we are able to do that. We can relate any movie to Hard Target. Anyway. But yeah, I totally agree with you, especially the, um, like, in, in um, Passenger 57, the flashbacks were like that black and white with that smooth jazz playing. And uh-huh. there, there was, yeah. like, there, that felt like um, City on Fire to me quite a bit, um, especially the... Yeah. You know, and the, yeah. they, they, they hit him with that soprano sax, man. That Kenny G flow, except for the opening titles. The uh, yeah, the soft jazz was a little more, yeah, Kenny G. But it, it, it's funny, you're, you're right. Like, uh, I forgot about that. That that didn't really go anywhere. It was like I, I, I kept expecting the the dead wife story uh, to sort of pay off, and it kind of didn't it's like it's it like, was just kind of something that, that bothered like something him. They, they had like a leftover draft and they forgot to get rid of it in their in their next draft we shot it cut it into the movie <laughs> and then he and then he moved okay. on to, he didn't he moved on to uh the flight steward it's like how yeah. do you talk about your wife just died now you're like you want to want to get out of here together and he called her by her his ex-wife's name his 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 dead wife's name he accidentally he's like he's like who's amy oh that's right. my wife you just called me that in the thing in the in the galley it's like oh okay yeah. shit you're not hung up or anything. <laughs> well, it, so it, it it seemed like okay that was going to be something that was like you know they're going to be able to mess with them later on psychologically or yeah. like you know especially the smart villain something was going to happen where it was like oh yeah like uh, it was going to be the same scenario and he's going to start having flashbacks and oh no like yeah it, but it kind of just was like nope never mind like that was just a cool thing to do in the beginning yeah and, they didn't uh, even do like we, we wanted to make him an action hero but sad. I don't even think they did like a cutaway to, you know, the original uh, convenience store robber holding the gun to his wife's head when the stewardess had a gun. Like they could have just done that no, real exactly, quick. Exactly. Yeah. 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 A little PTSD. Oh, God. Yeah. Exactly. And then right, they could have right. stopped him or. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like which would have. Yeah. Like been been his like, you know, kryptonite in a way. It's like, you know, because he's such a you know superhero. 
in the movie. But right. like you know, maybe that psychological torture could have uh, done something that uh, you know would have given him a sort of a weakness. His Achilles heel. They could be a. That could be like a sequel to Past Fifty Seven. Because I don't. I don't know if you guys remember at the Past end with like Elizabeth or yeah, Elizabeth Hurley where like they had that long shot of her. Yeah. She's like driving off. She's like looking up. Like I'm like she's about to break out and have some revenge or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This time it's yep. going to be like probably like a cruise ship or something or like a <laughs> cruise control. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I forgot you take care of me. Control. I'll take care of the boat. Yeah. yeah it, it's funny. Like, unlike uh, who said we were terrorists, uh, like in this one, it's like in Passion 57, like these guys were just insanely loyal to uh, Charles Bane. And, uh, you know, he's like, no, brother, one must be left in the plane wreckage. You must stay here with the plane, brother. It rises. (laughs) Uh, Let's move on to U.S. Marshals. Yeah, so this is the one that I was uh, not looking forward to watching again. I I remember watching it once. You know, I was a huge fan of The Fugitive. Yeah. uh, In the early '90s. Oh yeah. And what like the U.S. Marshals? I remember Carter. You were talking to me about it at one point. I was like, Wait, what? Are we talking about the same film? Like. Because, I, I remember hating that movie. Yeah, and, you know, like, well, <laughs> watching it again, like it, it, uh, it, it definitely wasn't as good as The Fugitive or whatever. But it, it like, not terrible. It, like the, no. the, like the banter and the quips were terrible, but the action was pretty awesome. Actually, yeah, yeah. the action's great. Like, like Wesley was like I thought personally was like really good, but like again, I agree. Like before, like, the Fugitive is like a tall order to make a sequence, against, especially with like, yeah, no, like for Harrison sure, for Ford sure. and stuff. Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee, like even in U.S. Marshals, it's like. Tommy Lee Jones' character knows there's a future of only loose, but like he doesn't even hint like like I've done this before. He's just like nah, like, like he's like oh, well, guess we'll do this. But like I guess one hint he had was like with that guy who was just like let's make this uh it's a perimeter, this circular thing. And just, yeah. <laughs> now that should go in all directions now, just like a big uh, perimeter. A circle. Deal. As being a fan of of the fugitive as well, um, you, you could see a lot of the same beat points in this one. You know, with the big wreck, yeah. um, as as opposed yeah. to a train, yeah, right, it was right, a plane. Right. And plane, yeah, yeah. Um, and don't they know not to mess with Wesley Snipes on a plane? I know exactly. Didn't they learn? I, I think that they had Wesley Snipes, you know, be kind of more more of a deeper character, um, even than the uh, John. Are you talking about Doctor Richard Kimball? Doctor Richard yeah. Kimball, yeah, exactly. <laughs> But this this fugitive like had his own set of skills. But U.S. Marshals kind of like played on the fact that Tommy Lee Jones's character was so cool in the fugitive, and his group was very cool, and how how they would manage mm. things, and uh, like all these like takedowns and stuff, wearing the disguises. But then they took it into the goofy level, like right at the beginning of the movie when right, they go right. to take down he was ogre, the, the Family Guy chicken. He's in a chicken <laughs> costume, and the, he's like with the little legs coming out. I'm like, Look, that, I can't the, even take that seriously. <laughs> Tommy Lee Didn't Jones they... went from winning an Oscar playing this character in The Fugitive to wearing the Family Guy chicken <laughs> costume, beating out, beating out Ray Fiennes for, for Schindler's List to, to win an Oscar for fucking The Fugitive. Then, then they go into this house that they were, that they were like undercover like watching over and have a full-on Royal Rumble. With Ogre. With, with Ogre, yeah. The yeah, from... Uh, full-on royal rumble in the back like this whole time watching this i was like right. at least three people would have been shot by now in the leg and, come on I know. <laughs> and he just blows away that guy in the in front of the baby it's like, oh my oh, god he's going for a shotgun yeah. underneath the crib it's like wait what's like, going that on was luck. that was pure luck that was, <laughs> that was absolutely luck yeah 
and also they, they showed the, these U.S. Marshals did not give a shit who they were talking. Like they were in that old folks home, busting down doors, pointing guns oh in old God, people's faces and just, oh, sorry, is anyone in the room with you? No. All right. Let me go to the next Tommy one. Tommy Lee kicks in the door yeah. on that old man, like in the bathroom. <laughs> like That guy would have been, Are you alone? his heart would have been exploding. All valves the would one have gone guy off at was once. on oxygen. He had a whole oxygen tank on. He, he kept like looking up at the ceiling, like, look up there. <laughs> United States Deputy Marshal, ma'am, are you alone? Yes. I wasn't too shocked when Downey, uh, Robert Downey, became the 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 shithead in this one, um, mostly because mm-hmm. it, it was kind of obvious from the get go that he yeah. was he an outsider. He from the jump, man. Yeah, yeah, he didn't hide it very well. <laughs> but I didn't like that he killed Newman because I always liked Newman from the uh, from the Fugitive and this one. But there was a plot hole. Newman was deaf or deafened. In the fugitive, if you guys remember, he yeah, Tommy Lee sh- fired the gun next ear. to his head, and yeah, he he lost his e- hearing. Yet he could hear the fight going on across the building to go find out where Robert Downey <laughs> and Wesley Snipes, and he could like hear it like from the. And Made I'm like, wait a second, that's not the character. Like holding it up, <laughs> he had like little earpiece. Is like, there it is over there. <laughs> you know, both movies they delved into some of the, the the commentary on the uh the injustices of the u.s healthcare system you know in the first one it was all about like the whole conspiracy was like this pharmaceutical company was like you know wanted to kill his wife because she had discovered that they were gonna like start uh poisoning people and like you know like they just wanted to cut corners and whatever else and in this one in the very beginning it's like you know she's paying his uh wesley snipes healthcare bill it's it's hard to understand because she's got kind of a thick accent, but it's like she's like with the taxes Americans pay, healthcare should be free. It's like you got my vote, honey, but you still owe eighteen bucks. <laughs> she just. <laughs> and this was nineteen ninety eight that this uh, movie released. Uh, ninety eight, yeah. Like, look through from whatever it was, like nineteen ninety through something like ninety nine. Um, yeah, Wesley Snipes was in like two or three movies every single year. God. Uh, you know, it it's just it's so wild. But like what's interesting is like in this uh in these three you picked, going from Passenger Fifty Seven, which is I don't know what his like had to be his like uh his diehard like breakout in terms of like the being action star. the only person who's the star of the movie, uh uh type of thing through 98 which is maybe kind of his prime like this is the same year as blade right um you see wesley snipes go from you know being sort of just like this like sort of straight uh uh quipping hero to sort of this anti-hero uh you know he was ostensibly the the villain in demolition man but uh like i explained you know over and over again <laughs> it's like the only reason to watch the movie for he me was the star um, yeah. yeah definitely the star and like then in u.s marshals also he's you know Ooh, is he is he shady? Is he is he a bad guy? You know, it's like and he is kind of like yeah, he's kind of uh, straddling that line. That's why I think that these three movies actually did show a bit of range from him as an actor, even beyond just an action star. I think yeah. he played them all very well. I think yeah, I mean for, for the action star for sure, he nailed that. I mean, if you want to see Wesley Snipes in a really interesting uh, role where it's like he's like flexing his acting chops, uh, check out Dolomite is my name. Uh, which yep. came out a couple of years ago. Yeah, I, I love that movie. Was amazing in that. Yeah, even though you know he's like kind of a, just a small, small, small role, but no. Yeah, but even but even his like older stuff as well. We were talking earlier. It's like 
like thanks for like Tuong Fu, thanks for everything was another oh, one. Yeah. The, the fan, uh, New Jack City was a good right. one. He was apparently he was in Mo Better Blues as well, which I gotta like go back and check that out <laughs> find out where he was in that yeah i feel like we're gonna be doing a sequel to this uh block considering there are so many films wesley snipes electric boogaloo there you go <laughs> before we met i worked for the government i was on a routine assignment when it was ambushed i killed two men in self-defense marie i did not murder anyone it's funny uh so in this movie um you know wesley snipes is a in, in U.S. Marshals, he is just a, a spy or CIA agent or something, uh, some sort of, some sort of spy. Uh, but a they, kite, they, actually. They were, oh, okay, but I mean, you know, he was uh, what a freelance spy. I mean, well, that that <laughs> was that was what they called the kite. The kite was if oh, if things went down, they would just snip the cord and he would fly away. And they he you would say he's a freelance spy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, There's like a message the, board for it. Like, yeah, hey, yeah. we're the spy here. Can you uh, help us out? Yeah. We need the best. It's, okay. it's on mandy.com. <laughs> we, we pay in spy experience bucks. Oh, um, gosh. It's funny that they had a couple references to uh, the uh, the spy who came in from the cold. I mean, you know, they did say that phrase to him at the end about like, oh, does it feel good to come out from the cold? But then also like when he's, you know, trying to get out of the cemetery, uh, he's like on that that uh wall and trying to like you know get his uh girlfriend's uh hand and she keeps slipping and whatever and like like that is very very much the end of uh the spy who came in from the cold if you're ah. familiar with that one we'll add it to the list man how much did when they were like uh doing the little um airboats through the swamp how much did it remind you of predator i mean <laughs> mostly because you know he kind of was like pulling kind of a bill duke look you, you know, know he's, he's, he's completely hairless. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care who you are in the real world. <laughs> Get away up position again. I bleed you. Why? Real quiet. <laughs> up there in them trees. Um, <laughs> yeah, speaking, yeah. there there was there was the Bill Duke look, which was the completely shaved down look, and then there was his Vincent Vega look that he pulled yes, out with that. God, yes. Like, so he was kind of a mixture between Jules Winfield yes. and Vincent Vega all in one uh, <laughs> costume. The Travolta hair from yeah. Pulp Fiction. And it was funny because he was trying to have a, a serious conversation like, in the car, taking it off, like taking off. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> that shit like, cracked me up, man. He's supposed to be like hiding out with that, yeah. that very like noticeable look. We can see you, man. There he is. Uh, yeah. uh, there he is. You mean the guy that looks like Travolta from Pulp Fiction? Yeah, that that's there him right is. there. He's literally right there. Where's Waldo? I spotted him. There he is. <laughs> an American response to an invasion of Taiwan. Strategic defense of South Korea. Makes sense now? No, I should have. I swear to God, I don't know what you're talking about. Don't lie to me. So tell me more about your 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 Wesley Snipes um, addiction. <laughs> How do you want to say his addiction? But it's just like <laughs> I'm always like <laughs> watching like like movies with Wesley Snipes. Like the other day, I was watching like I think it was like called like Nine Lives the other day, where he's just like this guy who just he gets like something happens to him where he gets triggered with PTSD, yeah. and then he keeps having flashbacks of like a time where he. Uh, I think lost one of his partners in like some kind of like weird hostage situation during like some special ops training, uh, special ops mission that went like r- went wrong. They were both like POWs, and then he finally escaped. So he's like reenacting this this out and like to the real world while his like girlfriend slash another like police partner is like trying to get after him to like save him and stuff. 
Interesting. Is this uh, his uh, direct to Redbox phase? Yeah. It, <laughs> it does happen. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, there was like that and like the Art of War. But like, still, there were still good like action hero movies with him. I, I think Art of War was probably one of the last, or maybe, I don't know, Blade 2 or something. But it was like, it was probably one of the last, like, you know, uh, of that that initial period of like him, you know, becoming this ins- insanely, you know, bankable star to then, you know, the uh, ignominy of the direct-to-video years. Even later on with the ones with the, uh, with the, the action movie straight to, uh, straight to like, like VHS or like Redbox, he, he started to get a little like Steven Seagal-esque. Like he did a lot of less kicking now and uh-huh. he just like <laughs> grabbing people and like flipping them over and stuff. Well, I don't know if I'd go straight to Seagal because like Seagal is now like only sits in a car and like has this you know, like head to the side look and he only does one thing and always has the same lighting to like to hide how fat he is oh, and it's like, okay, I need to be lit from this angle and this angle. So you can't see how many chins I've got. Seagal will still mess any of us up, though. Let's be honest. That guy's close quarters combat will, will mess you up. Oh, my goodness. I think the, the last time I saw Wesley Snipes was in uh, the series What We Do in the Shadows, and he, he reprised oh. his role as Blade, um, which was really funny for a vampire show. Um, oh, definitely tongue-in-cheek. Awesome. Um, but other than that, I haven't really seen him in much, except for Dolomite. He's, he's going to be in Coming to America 2 this yeah. year. Yeah. I'm excited Coming for that movie. America. America. Even though that's one of the sequels that no one asked for, I'm I'm, I'm into it because I love the yeah. first movie. Yeah, yeah. you're you're. <laughs> what are you treading um, carefully on that one? I I am skeptical. I mean, I, it, it'll it'll be a lot to sort of capture that lightning in a bottle type of thing. Jeremy don't like the sequels, man. Jeremy doesn't like the sequels. It's like one and done. <laughs> it, it's guilty end. until proven innocent for me. Yeah. <laughs> but but in, in, in many <laughs> ways, though, this would be the second sequel in a trilogy, right? Because Trading Places technically would be in the same universe. Coming to America would be the second one, and then this one would be the direct sequel to Coming to America. So, right, you know, they made it successful twice. Coming Maybe. Three America, yeah. Coming Three America. It didn't have the same ring. <laughs> <laughs> Trading places yet again. There's also we can't forget about uh, Expendables Three because that was like when Wesley Snipes was like fresh out the out the pen, as they say, yeah. uh, from, from tax right. evasion. Came out, Sly gave him that, gave him that, gave him that work again, man, so he can get back on. So, so all this cash a, that that he was making in the '90s here, he just kind of held on to all that then. Like how the billionaires do, yeah. Wesley Snipes, yeah, exactly. I was gonna say he he played that game. Yeah. <laughs> he did play that game. I mean, wasn't it that like the, the accounting firm that was doing his the accounting shit? firm? Like, right, they got they were stealing. They were like stealing from him, I think, and then he didn't know, and then like they, I guess he came up short. Like they got in trouble, and then all of a sudden, like it was like, oh. Here's a famous guy who's also in there too. Sorry, dude. Wow, that sucks. But yeah, it. it I mean, it seems like anyway that there's uh, some sort of uh, comeback a Bruin, and and that's the thing is like unlike maybe um, certain action stars of that era, maybe Seagal is one that we can uh, name, where it's like all they can do is action. I mean, this guy's an actual actor, and like, yeah. you know can can actually you know sort of pull off a role. Uh, even if maybe uh, his uh, hips don't have the same uh, flexibility anymore to <laughs> as long as his hands do, and, as long as he yeah. can take away guns and <laughs> right. do all that shit. I think the only person who still has their hips are Van Damme, man. Like he's still doing the little dance and stuff. And... <laughs> <laughs> I love that dance, man. The the drunken kickboxer dance. Yeah. <laughs> Ogre also in kickboxer. Yeah. yeah. Ex- no, that that was uh, that was in kickboxer. That was. Uh, 
oh, Bloodsport. Bloodsport? Yeah, Bloodsport. Bloodsport. Well, Bloodsport. Same movie. Exactly. I was going to say. Sorry. I didn't even mean to correct you there. <laughs> um, I did want to bring up the U.S. Marshals, the little pen gun that the uh, the assassin used. Oh, yeah. I thought that that was really cool. Um, I'm not even sure. They didn't show it enough. Uh, for my liking, but I, I, I guess it was just a regular ballpoint pen with a bullet in it. There wasn't like yeah. much mechanical going on, but it, it shot two uh, shots in it and in and out. I mean, like this man, this man missed and ended up getting sucked out of the window. And I like how Tommy Lee Jones was like playing with the slugs like later on, uh, yeah. Chinese Chinese massage balls. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, weren't those the slugs? The slugs oh, you're right. Sorry, those are the but ones that they took out of his chest. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's the other thing. Is like the. <laughs> The sort of structure of this one kind of didn't uh, hold up the same way as uh, the Fugitive, huh? Yeah. The the thing that was incredible about the um, the Doctor Richard Kimball is how resourceful he was for not being a secret agent. You right. Know? Exactly. <laughs> Whereas, like, they're going up against Jason Bourne. I guess this is what yeah. the, the original jo- uh, Bourne movie is. Is this one U.S. Marshals? Yeah, very much so. <laughs> or the Jack or the Jackal or something, you know, like with all the uh, the disguises. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Oh, but, but the, the thing that I always like cracked up about was like how he was able to dodge bullets in the uh, cemetery. Literally, <laughs> like just, moving back yeah. and forth. They were like going around him. It was great. Do not do not underestimate the serpentine pattern, man. That's how. Yeah, the serpentine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was like, what's the word for it? <laughs> and that was a sniper on type with, with like this beautiful sniper scope on his on his gun. Like, there's no way that guy should have missed. Like, he, he got zero like marksman, a... zero marksmanship. On his <laughs> he's like a stormtrooper. <laughs> He's like a, a cultural attache, but also can operate this like a weapon. I mean, he, he sucks at it, but like <laughs> he can fire it. He had his, he had his eyes closed. I mean, he had his eyes closed, or he was like sneezing or something. Just like... His allergies were kicking in that day. I mean, his outdoors. What do you want? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, they just cut the grass. Yeah, they just cut the grass. Walk. Come on, move. Uh, what happens now? We dance. Wesley Snipes was definitely one of those guys who were like, I, like, I want to be like him, like growing up as like an actor, especially like an actor, like as an action hero and stuff. Because, like, you know, obviously there was like Van Damme, you know, Stallone, Seagal, like Dolph Lundgren and all those guys. But, you know, you know, it's all about that quote unquote representation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I was appreciative. Because, like, I mean, obviously, obviously there's like also like Mario Van Peebles and stuff and like people you can go backtrack and like mm-hmm. find out about. But, like, I think. Wesley Snipes was literally the initial one I vividly remember being like, yeah, man, action movies. This is where it's at. And then, like, my parents were always, again, like I mentioned before in the beginning, my parents were always like, I'm trying to see that Snipes movie. I'm like, yes. yes, (laughs) You can cover my eyes. You know the answer already. I'm in there. Large popcorn. (laughs) I'm eating it halfway before the trailer's hit and I'm coming back. Soon as I see Wesley Snipes' name up there, I'm like, damn, you know what it is. Sandwich the butter product in there. There, I got you. So it turns out this podcast was really just an intervention on your uh, popcorn addiction. Uh, We need to have a talk. Jokes on you. It's not going. I'm not quitting. (laughs) (laughs) Not quitting. Carter, this was uh, this was super fun. Um, thanks for yeah. you know programming this block. It was one that we probably wouldn't have programmed ourselves. So that's always exciting to have somebody else on here to you know give us um, three movies to watch, um, especially because they were all super fun. Every one of these yeah, was extremely true. fun. Even U.S. Marshals, um, not being my favorite, I still think 
Snipes was awesome in it. I thought he was great in all of these, especially Demolition Man. And I'm going to have to go ahead and say it. Demolition Man of these three were my, was my favorite and still remains my favorite. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, and I, in terms of U.S. Marshals, I, I didn't uh, – I don't think I, I finished my thought earlier. But, yeah, I, I didn't end up hating it the way I, I did earlier at one point or whenever I first saw it. Uh, so it, it was it was definitely a lot more enjoyable this time. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's still – it's like, uh, you know, obviously not the same as The Fugitive. Uh, yeah, out of these three, for me – Passenger 57, I think, would have to be my pick. That one was a lot of fun. Carter, I, I would ask you what your favorite film of but, these were, would be, but you'd just say the Snipes one. All of them. The Snipes one. <laughs> I, it, it'd be like uh, Passenger 57 and Demolition Man would be switching back and forth. And then U.S. Marshals. Yeah, depending on like, how you're feeling that day. <laughs> yeah, but if you had, if you ever come out and they ever come out with a movie where it's like, Passage of 57, like Wesley Snipes, and then like one of the female characters is Sandra Bullock. <laughs> I'm there. I'm there. That would be a, a great uh, reunited uh, cast there to have Demolition Man 2. <laughs> Actually, Demolition Man 2 was, uh, was uh, Miss Congeniality with uh, <laughs> Benjamin Bratt and, That's right, the, <laughs> and Sandra Bullock. That's the only reuniting we're going to get is Benjamin Bratt and <laughs> Sandra Bullock singing Armor Hot Dogs together. <laughs> I'm not mad at it. I'll, 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 be, I'll be all right with that. Carter, is there anywhere that we uh, or the audience should follow you or anything like that? Yeah, you can, uh, you know, if you're on Instagram, you can follow me at LCAPCB. It's uh, E-L-C-A-P-T-C-B. And then on Twitter, it's LCAPITAN Carter. We'll add that to the description and everything and make sure to tag you. Um, but thank you so much again. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. This is great. I, you know, I'd love to come back again. Listen, if you guys, Chuck Norris, Van Damme, Ooh. any of the 90s, well, man. Actually, like... I, you, you had a, an int- a really interesting uh, block that was the very first suggestion, which was a, a different look at, at anime. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I kind of wanted to push that one off because uh, we had just done a bunch of anime stuff, but uh, uh, which is you know, also why I was excited about this one, uh, just because it was like you know so different than uh, what we were doing recently, but You'll definitely have to come back and we'll have to do that anime one. Oh, yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe and follow us on all the podcasts and social platforms at the Grindhouse Institute. And if you really want to give us a boost, check us out on Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. It helps us to get noticed. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll be back next week. Ciao. So I hope my foot didn't look like that. Okay, what do we have left that's good, huh? Oh, let's see. Wilkes, Patrick. Jeffrey Dahmer? I love this guy! Gentlemen, thank you very much, but your services will no longer be required.